Welcome to day 142 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today begin the book of Nehemiah. We're reading chapters 1 through 3 and adding Psalm 60. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. The book of Ezra dealt with two major events in the restoration of post-exilic Jerusalem, the rebuilding of the temple and the reinstituting of the law. The first six chapters of Nehemiah record the next major step in Jerusalem coming back to life, the rebuilding of the walls of the city. This was more than a political or military accomplishment. The renewal of Jerusalem was hoped for by the prophets and is interpreted by the book of Nehemiah as a major spiritual breakthrough. The story begins with Nehemiah, the trusted Judean cupbearer for the Persian king Artaxerxes, when he hears a negative report from a group returning from Jerusalem concerning the conditions of the city and its fortifications. The city of Jerusalem had been destroyed 150 years earlier by the Babylonians, and its continued sorry state served as a source of shame and derision for the city, for its inhabitants, for its history, and for its God. The report broke Nehemiah's heart. He sat down and wept, lamented, he fasted, and then he prayed. The book of Nehemiah contains nine prayers offered up to God by Nehemiah. Unlike Ezra, Nehemiah's lineage seems to be of little historical significance. So more like Esther, he seems to sense that he was placed by God in the right place at the right time with the right mission. According to the time references in the text, Nehemiah prayed for about four months before taking risky action. Nehemiah's prayer of confession and concern for Israel ends with the request that God would grant Nehemiah favor in the eyes of King Artaxerxes. As the king's cupbearer, Nehemiah held a position of trust and access with the king. However, he was not permitted to speak to the king unless spoken to. Nehemiah's prayed-for opportunity takes place in chapter 2. The king noticed Nehemiah's sadness and asked about its cause. Nehemiah carefully and courageously expressed his concerns to the king in the form of a rhetorical question. Why shouldn't I seem sad when the city, the place of my family's graves, is in ruins and its gates destroyed by fire? Such reverence for his dead ancestors undoubtedly appealed to the king's values. Persians, as well as most ancient peoples, considered family connections important and regularly honored their predecessors. The king opened the door by asking what Nehemiah wanted. Notice even here, before his response to Artaxerxes, Nehemiah pauses again to pray. The conversation goes well, and Nehemiah ends up commissioned by the king to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the city. Initially, Nehemiah infers that he would only be gone for about a year, but in the end, Nehemiah would be in Jerusalem for 12 years. The date for Nehemiah's commission to Jerusalem is likely around 446 B.C., Nehemiah asked for the necessary resources to make the building project a success. The letter to the keeper of the royal park would provide lumber and other materials needed for building. In the end, it's clear to Nehemiah that God was at work answering his prayer through the Persian king. Initially, upon arrival in Jerusalem, Nehemiah kept his mission a secret. He inspected the two-mile length of the walls and saw all the broken parts and the gates that had been destroyed by fire. Now with a clear sense of the task ahead, Nehemiah gathered all the citizens of Jerusalem together and persuaded them to participate in his mission to rebuild the walls of the city. After the people heard about God's activity in commissioning Nehemiah, they all leaned in and started rebuilding. 
The opposition that will appear in the text for tomorrow is foreshadowed in this chapter, but it did not initially hinder the work. Nehemiah organized the work with different groups taking responsibility for different sections of the wall. Chapter 3 provides a diverse list of those who worked on repairing Jerusalem's wall. The overall tone of the chapter is one of unity among God's people and commitment to get the project accomplished. Over 40 individuals or groups of people contributed to its reconstruction at about 45 different locations on the wall. The description begins at the northern part of the city and works counterclockwise all the way around the walls. This chapter is one of those long lists of names, I realize, but the chapter reminds us that God is concerned with all aspects of human life and a committed community can make a huge difference in God's kingdom. The psalm for today, Psalm 60, is so appropriate for these chapters. It's a prayer from the psalmist that God would work to restore God's people. It prays even that the cracks would be fixed and that God would give the people a cause to rally around. The heart of the psalmist's prayer is even that God would give to the psalmist a fortified city. I'm always struck by several aspects of Nehemiah's story and commitment. The story begins with a layperson whose heart is broken for the needs of God's people. One of the things Nehemiah does so well that is critical for any leader is that he first begins by getting a clear picture of reality, a clear picture of the challenges that lie ahead. And then he draws others into that vision, and then he prays and receives God's blessing upon the work. It's no wonder that many leadership books take their inspiration from Nehemiah's actions. So read these texts carefully, looking for things you've not seen before. Journal your thoughts, questions, and prayers. And then look for the ways that God may break your heart like you broke Nehemiah's, and the ways that God wants to inspire you to action for God's purposes. Our readings for tomorrow continue the rebuilding project. We're reading Nehemiah chapters 4 through 6. I'll talk to you tomorrow.